Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. My show, the Talk to Q Radio Show, it's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Cool. All over here. Oh, cool. thank you for having cool. me on your show. So awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. Cool. Guy, I think you don't screw. Screw is cool. Oh my goodness. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what cool. I meant. Tonight, my name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight, we are discussing um, mainly three topics, maybe a fourth if we have some time. We're going to talk about what's going on in Flint, Michigan. We're going to talk about how to discipline when it comes to co-parenting, and we'll get into the discussion of marriage versus cohabitation. But first, I need to explain to you how this show works for those who may be new to it. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. 
If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right, T2Q radio show number 566 starts right after this word from my sponsor, thecrystalshow.com, and their segment called A Pimp's Perspective. From A Pimp's Perspective, featuring Eminem, make sure you're tuning in live exclusively on The Crystal Show. What up, Chris? What up, Radio World? It's your boy, Eminem, a.k.a. My Mind. Yeah, money maker, the whole breaker. Yeah, mister, she get laid, I get paid, motherfucker. You know, I'm the face that's never sad. Sweetie, I'm the dad you never hate. When times are rough and things are tough, sugar don't think too hard. There's always mother makers credit card. So sit back and listen to my directive as I give you this real shit from a pimp's perspective. Mm, give it to me, daddy. Every time I hear that song, I, I want to sing it. It's like I think I can sing. All right, my thanks to thecrystalshow.com and a pimp's perspective for being a sponsor of tonight's show. Uh, you've got to listen to a pimp's perspective. You, well, you got to listen to the Crystal Show. Uh, she actually had her season premiere uh, Saturday night, so she's doing the podcast thing right now. At some point, the live show will return, I'm sure, but be sure to pick up the podcast. Go to um forward slash crystal show one subscribe and keep up with what's going on in crystal's world and get crystallized three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on tonight's show and tonight we're gonna get into three different topics um you know there's been a ton of water donated to Flint Michigan and, and that's a beautiful thing don't get me wrong okay However, at what point is the root of the problem going to be resolved? Is there a game plan for fixing the water supply and healing a poisoned city? Is throwing model at, throwing money at bottles of water really helping? Uh, I mean, you know, we, we can't donate forever, right? So that's something we're going to go ahead and get into tonight, among other topics, but we'll start there first. But I need to go to the phone line, so welcome on a caller. From the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, making his way to the ring, the man in black, the homie Buck. What's happening, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. It sounded like wrestling music. That's why I guess I said making the way to the ring. I know. That's cool, man. I love that, man. I love the intro. So, all right, man. We'll go ahead and get into it. 347-202-0215 is the number. If you want to discuss what's going on the show, Buck, you've heard about what's going on in Flint, Michigan. There have been a ton of celebrities who have donated money, and I think it's great. Donated bottles of water, um, and I think that's pretty cool. Now, it was something messed up that happened. Before we get started, let me ask you about this man. Now, Timberland, who is you know a rapper mainly known for his producing, Timberland was supposed to do a charity concert in Flint. And he canceled the concert. Now, this has been proven, all right? This is a fact. This is not just something somebody heard. 
he canceled the concert because they served the wrong champagne. He wanted Ace of Spades, and they brought him, like, uh, Dom Perignon or something like that. And he actually canceled the concert over the wrong champagne. This is a concert for people who don't have water. What do you think about that, man? Uh, the only thing that they, I know it sounds weird, but it could have been already in the contract and they didn't honor the contract. It was part of the contract. Okay. Well, he just breached contract. That's the first thing. Second of all, maybe Don Perignon is made in Flint and with, you know, with the area being contaminated as it is, maybe Don Perignon, I'm just saying this for example, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You can look this up and find this, find this out. And maybe Don Perignon is made with the water that's made in in Flint, and that's another reason why he decided to cancel the concert. But more than likely, more often than not, it's breach of contract. Okay, okay. So you you're okay with what happened? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, you know, in the day in the, 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 today and age, you got to look at it like this. There's certain things written up in these contracts, and if they don't honor these contracts, you don't have to honor the concert. It's just that simple. So. You're in the business of making money, but if you know you're not going to get what you ask for, then you got to. Well, get it wasn't a right. money-making I mean, concert though. This was a charity concert for to raise money for Flint and their water problems. Well, it was still breach of contract. If you don't do okay. what the contract says, then it is what it is. I mean, I hate to. I mean, I'm not trying to no, be in no, kind of way about that. it, but I get that. I get that. Yeah, okay, so I it, I do remember someone saying that it was part of the agreement that they were going to serve him Ace of Spades. And the thing about it, I don't know if they could have just gone and gotten it or what, you know. I, it, it does sound like there has to be more to the story than what's being told. I don't know. But just on the outside looking in, it's like, man, if you're doing it for charity, why does it matter? You know, these people don't even have water to drink, and you're worried about a $400 bottle of champagne or however much Ace of Spades costs. I know it's expensive. Well, I'll put you this. Let's put another spin on this. If you're looking at what if the Ace of Spades is better than Don Perignon, and he know, I know this is a charity event, is. but I'm quite, but I'm 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 quite sure this, this if it's a charity event, it wasn't making any money. Then a lot of the people in Flint would probably be there, so maybe he was looking at this also as a perspective of, hey, I want my people to have the best since they don't have the best now, they don't have water. It may be champagne, but he maybe Ace of Spades is better than Don Perignon. I don't know the difference. I mean, it's just for preference. Yeah, I mean, Don Perignon costs like anywhere from, depending on the year you get, can cost like two hundred bucks, one seventy five to two hundred. Yeah. Ace of Spades costs about two fifty, but it depends on the year. Because yeah. I mean, you got some Don Perignon can go as high as thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred, but that's like something that's a lot older. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just putting that spin on it because I just don't know. But maybe he wanted them to have the best. He think maybe he thinks Ace of Spades better than Don Perignon. And that's what he. That's the reason why he put it in the contract. He wanted the people that, you know, that don't have water to have something good, have you know, be uplifting. And since they didn't have what they asked for, so he decided to cancel the concert because they breached the contract. So those could be the two reasons. They could. Well, I don't know if the fans were getting any at all, but whatever the situation, I would doubt it. Whatever the situation, um, it definitely causing um, a, a rift on Twitter for a minute and. Hopefully we'll hear more about that and more details. But you are right; the contract was breached. So I mean, I, I'm definitely in agreement with you there. It just um, I just wonder why it was so important. So hopefully something else will come out about this. But as far as Flint goes, but um, 
people have been donating for weeks now. At what point is something going to be done? Man? I mean, what's the end game here? Because people can't just donate for the rest of eternity. At some point, somebody has to fix the water, right? Yes, and and evidently this this is the way that I would attack this simply because I mean the president first of all was the one that declared the declared a state of emergency in that area. Now, if the president has already declared a state of emergency, then it's up to the president at this point so he recognizes this is a problem. And since the mayor of the city is not taking care of the problem, all he's doing is saying what they did, you know, how it got to that point. Somebody got to take a stand on getting this fixed. Maybe the president needs to send some advisors over there to, you know, overthrow this clown that's, you know, that's running this city that that made this mistake. And therefore get some the Army Corps of Engineers involved to get them in there and replace whatever bad piping or whatever the reason why the water is contaminated and get get to the root of the problem. Um, it's great that, you know, so many celebrities and people are stepping up to, you know, give people the water. But at some point, I mean, it's got a stinking flint right now because what the, what the hell are these folks bathing in? Are they bathing in the water that they're being donated or what? Uh, some of them is are, the water- yeah, some of them – some of them even washing clothes with the water. That's why I'm saying the water doesn't last long. You got some people that are getting two cases of water, and between drinking, washing, and bathing, that's not that's not any water. That's a day. That's a day. Yeah. So you know, depending on how you know, some you could be five people in one household. That don't go very far. Right. So right. one, you I mean you got to go ahead and start, you know, trying to take a, you know, take care of the problem. The Army Corps engineers, whatever the president needs to send out there, maybe the National Guard, whatever needs to be done. To handle the situation, I guess the National Guard is actually helping donate water. But you got to get uh-huh. the Army Corps engineers out there and them start digging up piping and going ahead and try to, you know, secure the city uh, water infrastructure as quickly as possible because you can only donate water so much. You got to look at it like this: we already have. You got to look at the, with the global warming and things that we're dealing with right now. You have ice storms in the, in the Midwest right now, going through the center part of the country. So if the power goes out. The first thing we got to have is water, food, and those kind of things. Flint, Michigan is in one of those, and one of those areas could possibly hit with some bad weather. So you already got tons, you know, millions of gallons of water already being distributed up there. But there's other parts of the country that are also going to be in dire need of water in some, in some form of fashion. So instead of just putting the Band-Aid over, over the, on the problem by just giving donating water, at some point, you got to look and, you know, the president, the mayor, the, the city council, or whoever else needs to get involved to go ahead and start fixing the water. I know it's cold, and I know it's something that they got to deal with, but they got to get out there and start working on these pipes, and they need to start working on these pipes now so that the people can have, you know, fresh drinking water. And they're gonna I have know. To, they're going to have to take it even further than that because if the water system is contaminated, then the, where the water is being treated is contaminated. So they have a massive problem that it has to be fixed. So. They My thing is, now, when they made the switch from Lake Michigan to Flint River, because, um, you know, the water used to come from Lake Michigan, and then they switched to, to Flint River, which is 19 times more corrosive coming from there. I don't know what transition they had to go through to make that switch, but I'm wondering how long would it take if they could switch it back. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, they made the switch to save $100 a day. And I think it has to be more to it than that. There's another reason why they didn't do it for just no $100 a day. I just don't believe that. But the thing is, why can't they switch back or what would it take to switch back until you can go in and then take care of the pipes, you know, one pipe at a time? 
Well, they're going to, you know, it got to the point now where they're going to do more than one pipe at a time. That's why I said you have to get the Army Corps of Engineers involved and you got to get some environmental people um, and do some water studies and things of that nature. And they have, that's something that they must do now. They can't wait till it gets warm. They got to start doing this now because the longer you wait, the longer, I mean, to be honest with you, this could be a city that becomes a, a ghost town because people are going to start moving. So if they don't get on this problem, as quickly as possible to get this, you know, it's already been, you know, when you get declare a state of emergency, you got to do more than just band-aid the problem. You got to get the, the resources in there that they can go in and it's a hostile environment since it's, it's, you know, 16 degrees in the daytime, negative five at night, whatever it is in Flint. Um, hopefully the temperature is not quite that cold at this point, but at some point you got to get the, you know, Army Corps engineers is involved. The president needs to be involved to stay on top of these guys and send an advisor out there and start, you know, in the water treatment, you know, water testing people and things of that nature to get the problem solved. So much that has to be done, man. So much. Yep. And um, I don't know where where you start. I mean, but they've got to. It's the fact that it's been this long and no one has started yet is concerning. You know, I mean, people have been donating water for weeks now. And um, but I've heard nothing well, about a plan. Now I'm hoping someone's working on something, but I've heard nothing about one. Well, it's, look, it took it took it took the government the government five days to get the damn water down to the Superdome when when Katrina came. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit. You know, this is, in my opinion, worse than what that was at that particular time. So, and it's only it's already been what a month since we figured out that they have. Um, you know, so just saying. Longer than that, probably. And, you know, and then they've that. known about the problem for two years. And, I mean, so should every political figure or city employee who knew about this tainted water and did nothing about it be prosecuted to some extent? To some extent, something needs to be done about it. Um, if they knew the water was contaminated, and, I mean, look at the the fallout that's going to come from this. From the cancers, the and and whatever else the water could be causing. Um, Behavioral issues, and we'll get into that. We're looking at a lot of stuff here that could be issues. So they got they got an uphill battle on this, and the the the, the state is probably going to be sued. Michigan's going to lose a lot of money over this. I mean, so. That's something we'll get into in a second, the behavior issues. But there's a lot that comes with this. Um, we're talking about, shoot, uh, I mean, they said lead poisoning can cause behavior issues, especially in children. With the the high levels of lead poisoning that we've, we know these people have encountered for the last couple of years, I mean, how do you think that's going to work and how it can lead to crime somewhere down the line? Because these people's brains are being affected. Yeah, I mean, this is reason, I mean, there's going to be so much fallout on this to the point, you know, the, from, a, from a crime perspective, um, cancer perspective, and all these kinds of things. Um, there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. But the, the city leaders and officials and state leaders and so forth, and, and even, the, you know, the president, the Congress, and the Senate. This shouldn't happen in this country. 
uh, for whatever reason. At all. Should, at all. It, at all. Everybody in this country, regardless of whether you're homeless or not, should have clean drink water to drink. And for something like this to happen to a city of this size, this magnitude, and the fact that we're talking about it, hopefully it can open some dialogue on on what we need to do in this country to make sure water drinking is safe. There's two places in this country that have the worst drinking water in the nation. I'm living in one of them. Pensacola has the absolute worst water in the, in the United States of America. Las Vegas is the second worst. Um, mm-hmm. Pensacola, um, they actually just got a new water treatment plant about, about two or three years ago. Uh, we had to get one simply, uh, simply because uh, Hurricane Ivan actually uh, did a lot of damage to the water um, water treatment plant. And after that, it also got flooded uh, during Hurricane Ivan. So it was, it was not right right across the street from the damn, you know, Scammy River there where it runs into the Gulf. So they moved it up um, well above I-10 up to an area where it does not flood. Um, and we have a new water treatment facility for the main part of Pensacola. So the water supposedly is okay. The bad, the downside to Pensacola is Pensacola is one of the oldest settlements, if not the oldest in the country. So the pipes that are in the ground here in Pensacola are well over 100 years old. So that's the problem that we're facing. We have a new water treatment plant, but all the pipes are old. So new water treatment plant is only a drop in the bucket compared to what how old the pipes are. So I drink bottled water and filtered water, so the only bad part about it is I have to bathe in the water that we get here, so that's the only bad thing. But at some point, we need to kind of look at those kind of instances, and we need to start, you know, digging up pipes, putting in new pipes, not only in Flint, Michigan, but in a lot of other older settlements and settlements in this country because water is something that we all use. And we need, we really need to start, you know, some of the politicians, they're talking, you know, they're talking about the deficit and these, these, these things, but all of us as individuals need clean drinking water and drinking water is something that they never talk about. This is something that needs to be talked about in this country. Most definitely, because it is a problem. So, well, I just hope that um, things get better up there in, in Flint, continue to pray for them. Um, for those who have been exposed for extended periods of time, hopefully they don't have to worry about behavioral issues down the line. Uh, this is a city of about, I think, 9,000 people, excuse me, 90,000 people, and I think 9,000 of them are under the age of six, and that's just a shame to have, you know, young bodies being exposed to this. It's it's environmental terrorism, and if the governor um, has failed to do anything about it for an extended period of time if he knew about it and any other official mayor or whoever else, which the mayor I think has um, either resigned or was voted out, one of the two. I don't think he's the mayor anymore. Whoever knew about this and did nothing about it, um, I hope they bring charges against them. I've heard um, talk of a class action lawsuit, um, and I think that is, is a valid valid thing, you know, that someone has to pay for something like this because you're, and and for all the people out there, don't think that Flint is isolated, okay? This is just the one that's going to get the ball rolling, all right? This is, um, um, you know, one of those landmark type of deals 
that exposes a lot of other things or help to expose a lot of other things going on across the country. I've heard about some small town in Louisiana that's having issues with their water. And I don't know, I think it may be a sewage issue or something. So, I mean, it happens all over the country where there is, you know, uh, no shortage of environmental hazards. And coincidentally, they're going to normally affect brown people, black people, or poor people. Okay. This could have never happened, you know, in some of the richer parts of Michigan without someone addressing it and fixing it. So it's about time that someone did pay for this, you know, in, in some there shape, form, a, or fashion. There's a $100 million lawsuit over the um, humongous outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in Flint right now because of this water crisis. And that's just one of several lawsuits um, that are being filed in, the, in, in Flint, you know, in the state of Michigan. Um, it's it's really, really a sad situation, one that should not have happened. And, um, you know, the outbreak from this, you're going to be hearing about this for many years to come. Um, it's just, uh, it's really sad that they do not, you know, did not catch this and they knew about it. That's another thing, you know. That's why I think, you know, all the people that were involved that knew need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And uh, this should be, unfortunately, the poster child so this won't happen again in this country. No doubt. No doubt. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And, but, you know, you can, you can, you can safely say that you have control over what your kids do when they're living in your household. But as you may know, it's a little more difficult if you split up custody. Okay. And in Dallas, there's a guy by the name of Ronald Jackson who took his daughter's iPhone that his wife, well, not his wife, excuse me, his baby's mom or his ex-partner, if you want to call her, bought the iPhone. But he took it from his daughter for punishment because his daughter was rude doing something or sent a rude phone message or something. So when his visitation was over or his custody time was over, and his, he sent his daughter home, he kept the phone because, again, he was punishing her. Well, his ex-partner, Michelle Stepp, took him to court and tried to charge him. Well, she did charge him with theft because she essentially said he would not give the daughter's phone back that he confiscated. And he was found not guilty, but, I mean, this was kind of a, a big deal going through all of that because of a, a disagreement with discipline. So, I mean, I guess, you know, a dad takes his kid's cell phone away as punishment. He doesn't return it after the kid returns back home to the mom. I mean, do you think it's cool that the mom charged him with, with theft? It's not cool. Um, anytime that, you know, you're in a, in a you know, two-parent setting that's, you know, where you split up the kids and whatnot and, you know, co-parenting, you know, for, you know, like for me, example, I get my kid for the summer. Um, until this year, this year, he'll be here permanently. Um, but the thing is, is that in, you have to have an understanding with your ex-spouse, ex-partner, or whoever you have, your baby mama or whatever. This is what part of the problem in this country. Um, first of all, you may not like your significant other or whatever, you know, whatever the reason may be that y'all split up, 
But y'all are damn sure better agree when it comes to parenting because there's going to be a lot of different things that are going to be presented to the child. The mother's going to have a new person. The father's going to have a new person. And there has to be an understanding between the two people that actually help have the child. So, therefore, that the, that the parenting is consistent, okay? Prime example, this is, good, this is a good night to talk about this. Sean had bad grades on his, well, he had D's on his sport car, had three of them. Now, we don't, we don't tolerate D's. Okay, so his mom had his mom had already grounded him for the D's, and I wanted to find out why you know he made these bad grades. Now, parenting is something that we pretty much it has been something that we constantly had to work on because she had two kids prior to me having Sean Jr. So the parenting with those other two was kind of difficult, but the parenting with me and, and with this one is is a whole lot easier because it's you know one that we shared. So. Um, we're on the same page, you know, when it comes to parenting and, you know, schoolwork and schoolwork being completed and things of that nature. And I don't have a problem with whoever my, my significant, ex-significant other has as long, as long as he follows suit in the parenting process. We all have to be on the same page. We have to, you know, I have to approve whoever she has, regardless, of, you know, unless he's doing drugs or alcohol or something. But as long as, you know, he, he's only up and up, I have no problem but the parenting better be consistent. If I ground him, he has the power to ground him. Okay, it has to be you know there has to be some level playing field when it comes to parenting. If there if you don't have that consistency, then when he comes to your place or he goes to their place, then you know first of all she's not going to dictate how I do do him while he's here. If he does something wrong, it's asking to ground to the fullest extent of law, whatever I decide I see fit because he's my child. So. Um, but also, if he does not mind the person that I'm seeing, then they have the right to, you know, to punish him to the fullest extent. That's just the way I mean, but what if you all don't agree as far as the punishment, though? I mean, this is a situation where, you know, the father decided he wanted to keep the phone. The mother didn't want him to keep the phone, and it wound up in court. This what needs to happen. Remember when I always say communication is the key? It's also the key when you're dealing with an ex. You better communicate. There has to be common ground in discipline. If you don't, and it has to be equal. It can't be this one disciplines more than the other one. There has to be some consistency there when it comes to that. If the, the, the guy in this case taking the phone away, it is the guy's responsibility to say, call his, call his significant ex significant other, or what have you, and say, look, the child did this. He did not, you know, she didn't do what I said she was supposed to do. So as a part of the person, I took the phone away. Now, I expect you, I I will give you the phone, but don't give the kid the phone back. You have to make sure that whatever the amount that, let's say he said two weeks. I told her two weeks she can't have the phone. So I'm going to give you the phone, but this kid cannot have the phone for these two weeks for the punishment for not doing doing what she was supposed to do while she was here. That's where the communication is important, and the discipline has to, there has to be common ground when it comes to this. You got to say, all right, the other person has to be willing to say, okay, I understand why you took the phone away. The other person may have bought the phone, but you can give that phone to that person's possession in that person's possession, but as long as the you know the, whatever the punishment is is fulfilled once they go back to the other parent. That has to definitely got to communicate with the other person, and that's something that has to be on front. On front. Okay, no doubt, 
Let me go to the 517 area code, the outskirts of Detroit, Michigan. And welcome on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's happening, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. Doing well. Hey, Crystal. Uh, Crystal, let me ask you about this situation. Um, I, I mean... It's it, it can be ugly when parents don't get along when you're trying to co-parent. But I mean, in your opinion, if the dad takes away a kid's cell phone and doesn't give it back after visitation is over, should the mom charge him with theft? I mean, or I mean, I, mean, I shouldn't say. She, I mean, ultimately, maybe she should. I don't know. But how would you go about trying to to get the phone back if that's something you wanted to do? Um, I probably wouldn't charge him with theft. I mean, I what are they? Go, I think uh, they were going through an actual divorce, though. So that's okay. the deal. And so, I think that's why they were having an issue, or whatever. But um, I don't know if I would charge him with theft. I would definitely put it into. It would make his life a living hell because that's really what's going on. It's not about the kids is about them and you know their situation so um i would i mean i would probably just give them get them another phone if depending on who is paying for it if i'm paying for it then he owes me the phone back because you know but if he's paying for it and he decides to take it away then i would just get get them some more you know some more phones so I can't I can't remember the situation in, in this particular thing, but I think it was uh, where the mom I can't remember I can't remember the mom or the the dad who took the phone, but mm-hmm. um, I think the reasoning he got pissed I think it was him who got pissed off because she would not let him talk to the kids. Uh, he would always have to go through her, which is why the phones, they got the phones in the first place. So, I mean, <laughs> I've never right, well, had a situation like that. Okay, go ahead. Say, let me ask you this. How, um, if co-parents have two dis- different discipline techniques for their children, then how do you decide which technique to use? I mean, is it based on when you're at this person's house, you do this, or how do you think that should go? Well, I mean, see, as long as, um, you can't dictate what someone else does in, in their own home. And if you're co-parenting, meaning that you're not together, you really can't dictate how they parent. only thing you can do is ask that it doesn't spill over into your household, meaning like if they have a significant other and that person is being mean or they're doing something that's ridiculous, then, yeah, then you you need to talk to them about that or... If it's something that spills over into your time, like um, mm-hmm. you're saying, you're telling them, yeah, they can go out for this particular football thing or whatever kind of extracurricular they want to do, but then that, you know, inflicts on your time what you've already said no to. So it has to be some sort of common ground, especially when it spills over into each other's lives. Now, if you're inside of the home, let's say, in, at the dad's house, hey, everybody can chill, 
be there for the weekend and they can watch as many video games as they want to and mm-hmm. or TV as they want. And then when they get back to mom's house, maybe she's like, no, you can only watch a certain amount of TV. And certain, those kinds of things you can't really control. I mean, you right. might say, I don't want them watching that, but fuck, you don't live here. They can do whatever they want when they're with me because <laughs> this is how I'm parenting, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but then, again, a lot of that shit, is about the parents themselves. A lot of it's not about the kids, but it's, you know, it spills over. Just arguments back and forth, tit for tat. Mm-hmm. It can definitely be a mess, that's for sure. And mm-hmm. on Twitter, Miss um, West chimed in. Um, at Bill Janice said, after failed attempts, attempts of asking for it back, I'll just get my uncle to beat him. Okay, so she <laughs> she, she would go that route, take a hit out yep. of her. So that's always an option, I guess. But Buck, um, I mean, would you charge a co-parent? Let me ask you this: with child abuse for spanking your child um, when they're in that parent's custody, if you did not believe in spanking? That's hard for you to even. That's hard for me to even answer that question. Because that's I why I throw that in there. Spanking. Um. But my thing is this, and even if it was a if, as you say, um, mm-hmm. first of all, the child has to be disciplined, period. And anybody in this country that don't think that child needs to be disciplined, then there's something wrong with them because that's the reason why we have the problems that we're having in this country, part of the reason why we're having the problems that we have in this country. So um, I expect my ex to make sure the parent, that, that, that the discipline is um Administered properly. Now I know that there are reasons why she does not administer enough discipline, and that's been a, that's been one of the major problems that I have with her from the beginning. But I understand those reasonings, and I understand why she punishes the way she punishes. So I don't have too much, you know, I don't have too much problem with that. Even though I think it is an issue because it would have saved us a lot of headache if we had done it a little bit better, a little bit differently when the other two were that are older than Sean. But she kind of she's finally gotten it right to a certain extent with Sean Jr., but she still lacks in some of those areas, which that's okay. But um, yeah, we have you have it, there has to be common ground on it. So um, I expect him to be punished, whether it be spanking, grounding, taking stuff out of his room, whatever. And that's what I expect. If those things are not done, then I'm going to be upset with it, um, simply because there has to be some sort of discipline to make sure he understands and realizes that if you do these things the wrong way, then this is what's going to be the repercussions for you doing them the wrong way. Now, he's not if he's not punished, punished severely enough for those issues, that's where the continuation of the same dumbass shit happens. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want you to come crying to be saying that you're doing the same shit when you're not doing the right amount of discipline from the beginning. Man, let me tell you, that stuff can get ugly when you're trying to do it from two households. And this definitely happens. It's, you would think it would be easier for people who may have been married at one time or actually had a relationship. Imagine how hard it is for people who are just having casual sex and someone gets knocked up. And now you got to raise a child with that person and your, you know, techniques are completely different. It, it can just really, really be a headache if you ask me. And um, for those who are in that situation, I, I feel sorry for the both of you. 
because I'm pretty sure you can be at your wit's end trying to do what you think is best for your child and have the other person just go completely in the opposite direction. I mean, man, that would just be so frustrating. All right, so we'll go ahead and move into the last topic, which I know will be controversial for some. I mean, because you're talking about the difference between a spouse and a life partner, all right? Marriage and shacking. Is marriage really just a piece of paper? Is being a life partner simply having one foot out the door? Uh, that's something I discussed on Twitter with someone the other day who was uh, pro-shacking. And, I mean, she gave her reasons. And, you know, I respect what people want to do. And if two people are on the same page, then so be it. I mean, no big deal. But um, if one person is down with it and the other person um, in the relationship is not, then there can be a problem somewhere down the line, I would think. And, I mean, but what in your mind, but what are the pros and cons of cohabitation or shacking up? Well, I think the pros and cons are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons to it. I don't, I mean, I don't know what, what you mean. You, there's pros because you got somebody here. You, got, you know, you enjoy each other's company and things of that nature. But the cons could be the exact same reason. You might not be able to stand that other person. Um, or the extent, you know, stand the things that they do on a, uh, and how, the, you know, their differences between how you, what your idea of it is and what their idea of it is. It could be do different things. So, you know, those could be some of the pros and cons to that. But, you know, you first have to understand who you're with first. And that's, you know, and if you understand who you're with, you got to communicate with them. If you, and that's, that's, you know, Keep stressing the communication part because if the other person don't communicate or they, when you're going off on assumptions, then it ain't going to work for them, whether you're married to them, whether it's just a, a sniffing of a shack or whatever. You, ain't gonna, you know, it ain't going to work. So the main thing is communication, and you've got to communicate to them, regardless of whether they want to communicate or not or whatever's going on in life. you gotta, you got to communicate because life is short, and, you know, you have to make sure that you – talk to the other person and get things out in the open and don't let it sit there and fester because living miserably is just not something that anybody has time for in today's age. I would think not. And, Crystal, what are the pros and cons of marriage? Pros and cons of marriage. Well, the pro, um, uh, for me, I just think of it legality-wise, as always, um, I mean, when you are sharing a life together, sharing a home, sharing, you know, all these things, you know, together, and um, let's say the person dies or you break up or something like that and then you want to lay claim to certain things, you can't because you don't have, any, you don't have that piece of paper. Legal leverage, People yeah. say that it's nothing. I mean... Well, there are laws. The laws are set up for people who are married. They're not set up for people who just want to fuck around and play house because that's all you're doing. Mm. And um, that's true. The whole thing. The whole thing was, um, you know, my whole argument with people who say that they don't want to get married. I'm like, but you want to do everything else, okay? <laughs> you know, you want to live with them. You want to share a home. You want to even share kids, but you don't want to have a, you know, have something legally binding together. And you say, well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, guess what? It will mean something 
if a person, you know, gets in a car accident and all of a sudden, you know, their kids or their mom or their siblings comes and takes all your shit that you think you've, you know, <laughs> that you, you know, built together, but it'll all go to their next of kin, whoever that may be. And, hell, it may be an ex-wife. <laughs> you don't know. So, yes, let me, I mean, I was gonna say, let me ask you a quick question, just to, for me to get clarity. So, if I throw, so in this scenario, if a man is living with a woman or a woman is living with a man, and, say, yeah, let's say the woman is living with a guy, they're cohabitating, um, he has a child by another woman, his ex-wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. If something happens to him, are you saying because of the child being in the ex-wife's household or whatever, she can actually lay claim to his house that he may be in at the time? Whoever the next not the house would be. Whoever the not next the house, yeah, maybe not the actual house, but it would be. Oh, okay. He can lay claim to his oh, things. Okay. Now, if the house is in his name, he yeah, they could make lay claim to that. Um, you know, they you know they actually you know they could if it, if the house is in his name, the possessions, the things within it mm-hmm. are his, and, and you know they can prove that. You know, I mean, in other words, if you want the person that you're spending your life with to um, really have a say, and let's take money out of it, just have a say in, let's say you get ill. See, these are the real things that happen in people's lives that no one thinks about until it's happening. And, Mm -hmm. of course, in my line of business, I see it happen all the time, where someone has lived with someone for years, and you cannot fall back on that whole common law bullshit. It doesn't work in every state. So you... um, you have this life together. You have children. A lot of times they have children together or whatever. And then the person, they get ill. And they may not die getting ill, but they're, they're ill. Who's going to make those decisions? A lot of times it may not be that person because it always falls back to the next of kin. If you, haven't, if you haven't even done something as simple as get married, okay, which can actually be pretty simple. You just go to the courthouse. Um, then you probably haven't done other things. And I know a lot of people who say, well, I don't get married because everything's going to go to my mother or no, 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 that's going to go to my my sister or it's going to go to my kid or whatever. And your kid may not even like your significant other person, okay? And they push them out of the way and they have every right to do that. And it happens mm-hmm. all the time. So they don't even get say in, in your life, in your, your death or your, you know, or anything. And to me, that's an insult. It, it really is an insult. And um, and you don't have to have, when people think about marriage, they think, oh, i got to, you know, we got to have this big wedding and you know, white and all this other stuff. And they, they're thinking about all this traditional stuff. All marriage is, is saying, I, the, what I share with this other person, we both share together. It's both of ours. That's it. That's really all it's saying. Now, the other stuff, that's tradition and stuff that goes along with, you know, your own belief systems. It has nothing to do with the legality of marriage itself, you know, of what it is. And then people say, well, okay, well, let's talk about money. Oh, you just want my money. Mm-hmm. Damn, but you want my life. Okay, <laughs> You want my time, our time. I thought it was us, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. That's, that's just my whole thing. I can go I can go on and on, but I won't. <laughs> but um, because I've seen the... the 
the end of life. And I see how people are shunned away after being there for someone for so long. And they become, oh, well, that's just his girlfriend. Or that's, oh, that was just some guy. You know, because they, they, they may not like him. Or they may say, well, you, that's not my dad. That's that's some guy she was with or whatever. You know, So these, this person who loves, loves them are completely pushed aside. And it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Something of that nature happens, and you, someone you spent your time, you know, majority of your time with, uh, is at the mercy of other people. You know, their property or sometimes their, you know, decisions on their life because you don't have that legal right to intervene. And uh, some people may be upset that it's like that, but that's just the way it is. Now, will it be challenged at, at some point? It probably will be. But for now, that's just the way it is. So, Buck, back to you. Um, aside from the legal benefits of being married, is married the ultimate commitment or is it just a piece of paper? Do you have to have that paper to say that you're committed? Not necessarily. I was going to make another point on the subject that we had just uh, spoken about. Okay, go ahead.
I I think that um, if you happen to be truly uh, two people who do not agree with getting married and you both honestly believe that, fine, okay? But usually that's not the case. Usually what happens is someone um, you'll be talking, like we're having a conversation now, and you're talking about marriage and one person says, eh, doesn't mean anything. I don't ever want to get married. I just I like, or I've been married before, and I'm never going to do that again. And blah blah blah. And then, but the other person might say, "Oh, okay. Well, I see. I see how you feel." And they continue a relationship because they figure, "Oh, he's going to change his mind, <laughs> you know, eventually." Yeah. Um, or yeah. she will change her mind. Um, I always say, take them at their word right then, and you need to make a decision. If you want marriage, you need to leave this person, <laughs> and because you will. You can spend three years, five years, ten years. Some people spend longer than that still in their mind waiting for this person to, quote, unquote, change their mind. It will never happen. And to me, if you cannot, if you're with someone, and let's say that you are in your mind, you're like, okay, I don't really want to be married. Uh, I don't think I want to do that, go down that route or whatever. Um, But you meet someone that you really love. And, you know, you spend a lot of time with and, you know, you have a bond with and everything. But this person wants to get married. You know that. You know, um, I think you should to, to really commit to that person. You would go ahead and do it. You would go ahead and, and get married. Mm-hmm. But um, because to me it is a major commitment. There's a difference between just saying that someone is your boyfriend and saying that they're your husband and vice versa. This is my girl. No, this is my wife. You know, to me, saying those two titles is a is a sentence stopper for a lot of things. You know, I mean, it it, it, really it puts into a person it puts a, a a person's mind exactly who that person is to you. It's more than just you know someone you're sleeping with or someone you're dating and you like a lot. No, this is your wife. <laughs> this is a big difference. Right. And it's, it's not just a society thing. People, you know, they think, oh, it's just society. No, it's it's inside. Everyone knows that. It's a difference between the two. So it's a, it to me is a true commitment. And if you don't want to make that commitment to someone, because that's really what you're saying, I don't want to commit to anything or anybody. Um, and I want the responsibility. I want to be able to pick up my duffel bag or whatever and walk out the door if I want to. I want to, you know. Um, so fine. If that's, what, if that's the kind of life you want to live, then that's fine. That's you know, whatever. But don't expect that person, you know, in front of you to hang out, you know, for five years or two years with you. Eventually yeah. they're going to leave you, or they should anyway. They want to be happy. Right. I think so, too. And I had this discussion with someone recently, um, so actually on Twitter, and we talked about it, and I told her that I would never shack with anyone. And... um so we were discussing that, and she was like, well, why wouldn't you shack with someone? I said, because if I if I decided I was going to shack with a woman, nine times out of ten, I'm probably not going to be interested in marrying her. Yeah, and I was, that's just my personal opinion. I realize everyone's different and everything. Because it, in my mind, I would be saying, well, what's the point? You know, I mean, some people may look at the opposite and say, well, we're living together, so we may as well get married. But I'm like, I'm our, she's already living here. I'm already you know, living as husband and wife, why go through all the trouble of doing that 
and dealing with all her, you know, she got to go through making the name changes. And, I mean, I don't know. I just, for some reason, it's just never been an option for me to shack up. I've never had any interest in doing it. And, you know, some people use the, why, you know, buy the milk, you get the cow for free, or buy the cow, you get the milk for free, and everything. And I'm not saying it's necessarily about that, but it just, I guess for me, it just kind of, doesn't make marriage that ultimate goal you really want to get so you can have all of that. It's almost like reading the end of the book and then going back to the beginning. I mean, yeah, it still may be a good book, but you're not going to be as excited because you already saw the ending. So, I mean, that's just my personal feeling. But I do know there are plenty of people who look at it differently and say that, you know, it's okay. There are some people who actually believe you should live with someone before you marry them. You know, and again, I'm not knocking anybody, anybody for their opinion. It's just that um, I don't quite buy when someone says that. All right, I'm committed to you through thick and thin, but I'm never going to be in a situation where I have to file for a divorce. I just, to me, that just can't. I just don't think you can have it both ways. You know, I don't know. I could be wrong. Let me go to the phones, to the 732 area code, Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on right. What's happening, man? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, Mike? Doing well, bro. How you doing? Pretty good. That's cool. That's cool. And right, finishing up the topic, man, and um, I mean, do you think shacking up is a way to always have one foot out the door if things go go south? And, Maybe not in all uh, cases, but more times than not. Yeah, I would say so. Because, um, I mean, shacking up is a, is a thing that, you know, a lot, a lot of people do. And, you know, it's really no incentive for you to do the marriage thing if you're already shacking up. You know, if, it, if it's a situation where, you know, your girl is, Y'all live together and, you know, and got kids and don't have kids or whatever. I mean, you're never going to say, well, let's have a wedding and let's spend some extra money and do the thing right because you feel like everything is all right already. But yeah. if things don't work out, you could just move out or they move out and y'all go y'all separate ways. I mean, I think that's a, a large part of what's wrong now with a lot of relationships. You know, there's no commitment beforehand. So, you know, nobody really has to think about anything. Like with marriage, you have property, you have to divide up. You might have money, you might have to divide up. You might have uh, all kinds of legal things to have you tied together. So you can't just, like, say whatever you want to do, whatever you want. You kind of got to, you know, work at it a little bit of or at least make sound decisions, the better decisions than you would if you were just shacking up. Okay, okay. Good points. I agree with that. Anybody want to add anything to that? Okay. All right. Well, um, let's see. Next week, well, I'm sorry, tomorrow, uh, zone coverage is back on T2Q, 9 o'clock Eastern. 
We're discussing Super Bowl 50, and we'll break some things down. Got a bunch of things to get into tomorrow on Zone Coverage. Megatron retiring, Johnny Manziel, um, rumors of Kevin Durant wanting to be with the Golden State Warriors. Um, Then we'll break down the Super Bowl by position and see who actually has the advantage going into Sunday's big game. That's tomorrow on Zone Coverage, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we'll be back here on Tuesday next week at 9 p.m. Eastern to discuss whatever current event and relationship topics comes to mind. On the Talk to Q Radio Show, no experts, just opinions. Now, um, before we shut down, you, you all are familiar with the group over in Africa known as Boko Haram, um, this militant group that has pledged allegiance to the Islamic State also known as ISIS or ISIL. And in the last six years, they've killed about 20,000 people and they've driven 2.5 million Nigerians out of their homes. All right. In just six years, 20,000 people, which is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, just, I think, within the last week, they um, attacked a village in Nigeria and they burned kids alive. They shot kids. And um, all, when all was said and done, they left the, the village in ruins, and 86 people were dead. Um, like I said, including um, houses that they lit on fire with kids inside. And it's a shame. I mean, this is this terror has been going on for quite some time, and it doesn't appear that the United States is really interest, interested. You hear about some of the terror going on in the Middle East, and they're quick to make comments on that. They're quick to respond and send people over there. Yet, when this, this stuff has been going on in Africa with African warlords and dictators for decades, yet no one seems to lift a finger. You know, the only way you're going to hear about it really is kind of social media. Now, the U.S. Day, US Today did report this, but... Um, it's not anything that I've seen on the news yet, and I, I only glanced at the news this afternoon, so it could be a major story on um, some of the world news. But you can comment on that if you want in your final thoughts. But my thing is, is that if you're going to be the world police, you got to be exactly that, the world police. And the United States picks and chooses who they want to defend or who they want to come to the aid because they're looking to get something out of it. Now, evidently, it's nothing they can get out of Nigeria. I don't know um, what their top commodity is, but it's not oil, I'm guessing. And I just think it's a shame how when it's someone of African descent, it doesn't appear to be any type of concern when something goes wrong. Now, we will complain about it here. But nothing's going to be done about it. Let something happen that threatens Israel or any type of Jewish country over there and let Jewish people over here complain about it. And they're talking about it on the news. And, well, mainly because a lot of Jewish people control TV, too, and the media. But, I mean, I just, I wish they took everything seriously. And I know that's asking a lot for a country that was built on racism. But if you want to comment on that, you can. Uh, But any of the things we discussed tonight... You can comment on from, uh, you know, co-parenting and trying to come to terms on discipline a child. 
uh, what's going on in Flint, Michigan, and if they have an end game to their water problems, and uh, marriage versus cohabitation. And, Buck, I'll start with you. Great show tonight. Uh, we touched on three significant topics tonight. Um, with the co-parenting, the uh, problem in Flint, Michigan, and this Boko Haram guy. Um, the United States for many years have picked and choose, you know, what causes they want to get into. But Boko Haram is part of this ISIL, ISIS, whatever you want to call them, regime. Uh, this is something that has to be uh, dealt with because in the, in this part of Africa, this is where this this is the hotbed of where this stuff began. And Boko Haram have been going around killing a bunch of people and running them out of their homes for a significant amount of time. This is something that the United States needs to take very, very seriously. Um, I know it's pretty much like a third world country, but this is where these kind of guys get their this is where they get their, uh, you know, gro- you know, this is their breeding ground. Um, they may not have some of the resources and the computers and things of that nature, but there are computers in that part of the country, and it's very easy to reach out via social media to deal with these things. There's all kinds of scams in Africa. We're reaching this country on a day-to-day basis. It's only a matter of time before it starts coming, if it hadn't already started, coming from that area and, you know, getting more followers. So this is something that the United States needs to take seriously. It just got to the point to where, you know, it's, it's bomb dropping time in that part of the country. Um, the United States needs to look at this um, with, a, with a, a strong fist to deal with this clown going over there, you know, destroying this country and killing all and it's killing all these innocent people. Uh, it, it really needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed sooner rather than later because it's only going to get worse. Um, this is where your this is your next hotbed where bad stuff is going to start coming from. So they need to go ahead and you know deal with this now while they have a chance to. Um, other than that, you know, I'm not going to really touch on too much, too much of the other stuff because we already pretty much touched it up the best we can on it. But great show as always, and everybody have a great evening. Thank you very much, sir. And Crystal? Crystal? Okay, sorry. Um Okay, good show. Sorry I was late. Um, well, you know, I have to agree with Buck regarding um, this group. The thing is, I mean, you said it yourself, uh, Q, the, it's all about money and power and leverage. And um, apparently they don't feel that Nigeria, Africa, and those areas uh, really, you know, has anything to do with our bottom line. So mm-hmm. they don't care uh, until, you know, it starts affecting our bottom line or starts affecting our citizens. So um, things like that or will just always be in the social media or on, on the fringes. Now, I do see it when I go to CNN. I do see there's plenty of coverage of it. It's not the top coverage, you know, you know the big coverage, but it is there, so you can follow it. But, um, yeah, it's never, it's never, we're not going to send anybody over. Uh, we're not going to uh, use our resources. You know, it's, it's always about um, a rate of return. You know, what, what, what's that going to be? And that rate is not very much, apparently, as right. far as our government is concerned. So, um, and when you talk about Israel, Israel, I mean that we've always been on that side because that side has been 
one that has been more profitable for us as far as allies. So, you know, unfortunately, there it is. And we are not really the police of the world. We're the police of us, (laughs) you know, the U.S. and our stuff and what, you know, means something to the government. That's, you know, to those in power in America, not everybody. Right. uh, as far as Flint, and you know, it's um, you know, it's a horrible thing that's happening. I mean, first of all, it's really amazing that you know so many people have been coming out and helping out and doing what they can and and everything. And um, it's sad, but it's something that has been building for years. This is not anything that just happened, quote unquote. This is the end result of neglect and and everything that's been going on in Flint, which is one reason why I left Flint. <laughs> um, you know, it was just spiraling downward. And, you know, it's for those who don't know that much about the spiral, the beginnings of the spiral, I will always tell them, go back and watch Michael Moore, what, 20 years ago, do the uh, Roger and Me. That's all, you know, that's, he really tells the story of Flint. And... Hmm. um and, and then the, the immediate or the neglect that was happening then. And, and then um, this is just a continuation of that, you know. So, um, and I I look forward, hopefully, for him to, to really go back and probably even Roger and me too or, you know, Flint and me you know, and really talk about it. Cause that would be amazing. Now, he's doing a lot of stuff, of course, um, here. Um, he always remains in the Flint you know, area. He's he's remained there the you know, the entire time. So he's um and, you know, he's in the thick of it, so hopefully, you know, he will bring more light to it, you know, after the math and really, you know, tell people what really is going on. But um but it's sad, but it is bringing a lot of people together and we can unfortunately you have to hit bottom sometimes before yeah. anything can be done. You know. <laughs> and and basically the people there are the the ones who were in power, quote-unquote, were just left to run amok, and Snyder doesn't give a fuck, okay? That's the he, governor, he, right? he doesn't care. He does not care. And, and, you know, for him, unfortunately for him, this happened on his watch, bring light to that, because no one, the people who put him in power, you know, they were like, oh, no, he's he's the one, you know, he's this and he's that. Yeah, for you. Right, <laughs> not right. For everybody he's else. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't pay attention to the southeast because that's where we live, except for Oakland County, um, and Oakland County is where all the you know the rich people live. So you know he cares about them, but he doesn't really give a fuck about anybody else. And so, and this is coming to light, you know, now for him, and he's backtracking and he's trying, and you know, it's it's really hilarious to watch. But you know, unfortunately, this had to happen in order. For people to really take a look at it, but um, and I will say also in the thick of things, it's um, it's it, you know you look at Flynn. I, I asked this question to someone the other day. I was saying, well, what about Burton? What about Saginaw? These are all towns that are right around Flint, you know, mm-hmm. area. You know, what about Grand Blank, which is more of a Flint part of that area? You know, are they having to deal with it? Where are they getting their water from? You know, I'm not really hearing about them. What's going on there? So all of those kinds of things, you know, 
people are now starting to deal with and realizing this is more than just the Flint City area. This is affecting other parts of the area as well. So. But, okay. you know, glad I made it this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it, Crystal. And, mm-hmm. Ray, shut it down, man. You Beginning of the show, we talked about, um, you know, well, we talked about Flint, and we talked about um, a situation where a man took his daughter's cell phone. He and his ex-wife were living in different households, and while his, he was keeping his daughter, um, he disciplined her by taking the cell phone, and he didn't give it back to her when she went back to her mom's house, and the mom took him to court and charged him with theft. Now, he was found not guilty, but, I mean, we started talking about how co-parenting um, can evolve, can result in a um, difference of discipline techniques. So, I mean, if you want to comment on that, you can as well. But uh, go ahead with your final thoughts, man. Yeah, well, I would say that um, if he didn't buy the cell phone, he should give it back when the child leaves the house. But I don't think the other parents should charge him with theft. I think they should be able to work it out. Now, if he does keep the phone and refuse to give it back and she pays, you know, six, $700 or whatever the phone costs, absolutely he should be charged for not giving it back because mm-hmm. that makes no sense. If I don't want you to have it in my house, is one thing, but if you go back home to the parent that bought it, then, you know, that's kind of between them. Uh, as far as stacking up goes, you know, I mean, when I was younger, I thought it was it was it was uh, a all right thing to do. But I think if you want a guy to take you seriously, if you're a female, I don't think that that's what you should do, because you know basically you're getting all the benefits of being married without being legal. So at any point in time, if you have a big argument or whatever, you can just go your separate ways and you know start the cycle all over again and start living with somebody else. You know, I don't think that's good. As far as uh, Flint goes, you know, it's a shame that, you know, what's going on out there. But, I mean, at the same time, if you want people to do things and respect you, you got to respect yourself. And if you start acting like animals and stuff, people going to treat you that way. And not saying that anyone should be treated that way. But at the same time, they wouldn't allow this to occur out in some of the suburbs. So, you know, everybody's wanting somebody to do this, wanting somebody to do that instead of somebody helping themselves. You know, I mean, you need to trade in the Mayor Jordans and get you some water if that's what you need to do. But, you know, not to blame anybody. But we got to start taking control of some of this stuff that's going on out here. And uh, what was the the other topic? I mean, I hear uh, everybody uh, as far as what's going on in, in another country, but we can't uh, straighten up these blacks here. How are we going to go somewhere else and straighten them up? And... When I suggested calling the National Guard and everything, now everybody, oh, you think it's going too far. But if they do it over there, ain't nobody got no problem. So, you know, hey, you, you got to just kind of try to take care of what's going on here first. So, okay. 
Yeah, I do agree that home should be taken care of first, definitely. I just think there should be more consistency, you know, how we pick and choose who we help. Hey, hey, it's it's like that on everything. You know what I mean? If a female getting beat versus a dude getting beat, folks going to stand around and watch him get beat. But then they ready to jump in and help her. It's like that on everything. So, you know, you got to take it for what it is. Hey, you know, you got enough problems to be worried about other problems, you know. So, you know, people going to look at it different. But if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And that's why we fall for anything because we don't stand for anything. You know, oh, we want good TV shows on TV. But you look what's on TV one, Born Again and uh, Born Again Virgin and all that. The white folks is coming up with them shows. We have a problem. You know, don't stand for anything. That's all I'm saying. I know that's off topic, but, you know, you got to kind of start somewhere before you can start asking other people to do something for you. But other than that, you know, I... I missed the show. I still forget that it's at nine o'clock. So <laughs> You'll catch on at some point. <laughs> and uh, uh, Manda was like, "Yeah, he got uh, some questions online or something." And I was like, "Oh damn, this show didn't already started." So <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm gonna try to think about that because time I get to relax a little bit. It's nine o'clock already. But great yeah. show, you know. I just wish I would have heard more of it. That's cool, man. I appreciate it. Just don't forget zone coverage is at nine tomorrow. It's Super Bowl time. Awesome. So, and also, um, um, we'll probably do zone coverage on Monday instead of Wednesday next week, so we can talk about the Super Bowl while it's fresh in our minds. So we'll probably do zone coverage Monday on next week, but I'll have more information on that tomorrow. All right. So, okay, in the chat room, Sabertooth commented on two things. Sabertooth says, as far as the parents discipline um, themselves, he said just a lack of communication. The father should have called the mother first and discussed it with her, not just up and take the child's phone. And then he also commented, he said, he's talking about you, Ray. He said, did he just blame the people of Flint for getting poisoned? No, that that's that's not what I'm doing. Only thing I'm saying is people are not taking it seriously because it is Flint. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And people say, "Oh, we need help and this, this, and this." Oh, we understand that. We feel you. A lot of people are giving money because it looks good on TV and all that. And when something is going on. People should be on it before it becomes a situation to where it's all over the media. Now I say, you know, I gave a hundred thousand dollars and I did this and I did that and it looks good. But meanwhile, you got things going on in your own city you ain't gave a damn thing to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it just, I don't think a spectacle should be made of it. You know, like I said, I see seen the water and stuff. I just think it's just. It's a terrible thing, but at the same time, you know, how can you expect the people to respect you if you're doing things that people just say, hey, 
we're not even going to fix the pipes. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that because they don't respect the people that they see. And, if, and I'm not saying that everyone doesn't deserve respect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the reason why things are the way they are is because this is what they're looking at and this is what they're thinking. See, man, we ain't going to spend $50 million on new pipes and all that, and then, you know, we're going to go down there and we might get a car jacket shot or anything can go on or anything can go wrong. You know, that's just the thought process. I didn't make it that way. That's just what it is. Now, I hope they want a situation straight, but I don't see no easy fix to this. I don't either. So, I mean, they gonna, everybody's going to have to have bottled water for at least a couple of years, the way I, the stuff I'm seeing on TV. So, you know, keep on donating that water there. Okay. IMF, I appreciate that. And uh, Sabretooth, I guess he kind of understands, said misunderstood. So I guess he understands the point you're trying to make is you're talking about how people, outsiders are looking at it. So, all right. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining tonight's show. It's been a great show, great discussion. If you want more of the Talk to Q radio show, then you can follow me on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Spreaker, anywhere they have a podcast aggregator, you can find the Talk to Q radio show. Uh, thanks to my show legends, callers, tweet, tweet chatters, and chat room participants that participated tonight. Uh, you can go to TalkToQ.com, and there's a calendar there to get um, updates on upcoming shows. You can also sign up for the email newsletter there. And that way, every day of a, of a show, you will get an email letting you know what the show is about and how and where you can listen. So everyone have a great night. I will catch you all tomorrow on Zone Coverage when we'll talk some sports. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-man. I know the value of a good man. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out there as they can get.
the way he was saying some of it, it was ignorant. And I'm going to call it how I see it. Counsel this bitch, I buy a number. Oh, my God. Is that it? 